0: Coming up on BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. The Cougars leave Las Vegas with their second loss of the season. Now it's a first-ever meeting with the Arkansas Razorbacks as BYU welcomes the SEC to LES. And we've got Kalani and Caden
1: Haas coming up next on BYU TV. This is BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. Presented by Intermountain Healthcare. And now your host... The voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Okay.
0: Hello once again, and good evening, Cougar Nation. Welcome back inside studio. C at the beautiful BYU Broadcasting Building in Provo, Utah, for our Week 7 installment of BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. So happy to have you as a part of our night tonight, whether you're tuning in live or on demand on the BYU TV app or the BYU radio app. Coming up on tonight's show, We've got uh, live instant polls via the Opine app. And we invite you to contribute to the program of taking part in those polls. Get the Opine app, uh, download it, then open it up, keep it open, and watch the side of the screen for poll questions throughout tonight's show. And a reminder that, as always, our social media hashtag is hashtag SitakeShow. On this evening's broadcast, you can look forward to a brief recap of Saturday night's setback in Las Vegas at, in your sold-out Allegiant Stadium. Lots of royal blue in the stands that night. We'll go inside the film room with Jerem Jordan and special teams standout Hobbs Nyberg. Deep Blue will profile former BYU place kicker-turned-fighter Andrew Mickelson. Defensive lineman Caden Hawes will join us live in studio. We'll answer social media questions in our Q&A segment for Kalani and Caden. We'll look ahead to BYU and Arkansas on the weekend and do a live look at the Cougs' new uniform combination for this upcoming weekend. That's all ahead. Let's get tonight's show underway by welcoming in the birthday boy. He is in his seventh season as the head coach of the Cougars and now in his 48th year on the earth. Please welcome in, the coach of the Cougars, Kalani Sitake. Hi Hazel.
2: Thank you. And a hand for our lay
0: girl, (laughs) Hazel Hemuli. Hazel. Thanks to Lay's for days for providing our weekly Lay's on the program. Kalani, welcome in, and a belated by one day, happy birthday.
2: Thank you. Yeah, it's it's over for me now. <laughs> just the birthdays over yeah, for you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, 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 but just thank you to all the fans and and all friends and family that wish me happy birthday. Appreciate it. And any excuse that I can have to spend more time with the family. You know, it was nice to hang out with them last night and celebrate my birthday. But. Really, really looking forward to this game more than anything. You get to my age, it's like, yeah, it's all about the kids now. Same thing with Christmas, you know. Halloween's a little bit of me too, but that's okay. Which it's, it's, it's a lot of fun, but thank you.
0: Yeah, well, any excuse we can have uh, to have cake, we will take advantage of. And so after that's the show right. tonight, everyone here in Studio C will get cake, birthday cake, out in the lobby tonight here at BYUB. So, uh... <laughs> Uh, We always tend to look forward to Kalani's birthday week. It happens during the season, and so, you know, we're going to get cake once a year. We're happy. Uh, (laughs) The Las Las Vegas experience. I mean, there's a game that is part of how you look back on the weekend, but when the game was announced, to the build-up to the fans that made it to Las Vegas Mm -hmm. and and the Royal Blue we saw at Allegiant Stadium, how do you look back on the weekend that way?
2: Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I mean, obviously, the the result, um, we wish we would have done better and and got the victory, but... um, Overall, you know, the 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 thought was that this was going to be a uh, an away game, and um, that there weren't as, as many tickets um, out there for our fans. And I know that some of the new players are just like, hey, how's, what's going to look like? And um, we just told them, don't worry, our fans find a way. They just figure it out, and they find a way to get in there. And, and they were loud and, and noisy, and brought the energy. Um, it, it's just something else. And, and then, so the new players they felt it, and then they realized how much the the fans love our program and love our team. And uh, they're disappointed that we weren't able to get the win for them. But uh, they're committed to making it work and, and getting getting a better result this weekend. And so I just hope the fans know that our players, and I'm just send, sending the, our, our gratitude and appreciation, our love to all our fans that, that were there. And I know there's a lot of fans that support us on TV too, but uh, you know we will we'll do better. But, and, and, but we, we, play, we play for you guys, and, and we really appreciate the love and, and the support that you give us.
0: We'll see some highlights here in a little bit, but uh, the way the game went, it could have started out better for you. But you were in the game to the end, and once the momentum started to build in the second half, and that crowd got louder and louder, and that between third and fourth quarter break, mm-hmm. when the Let's Go Cougars chant kind of started and uh, the lights went out, it was an, it was an electric atmosphere as you were building that comeback. It was pretty awesome.
2: Yeah, and the fans did it, and then and the players are just. I mean, we're trying to make some adjustments and talk. On the sideline, we can just hear our fans just take over, and the, the noise level that they had, and the energy. I mean, that's that's what they do, you know, and, and um, you, get, you can't help but just love it, and it gets you a little emotional at times. Even on the sideline, you can feel it, and so, um, so yeah, that was disappointing that we weren't able to get the win for the fans, but uh, we love them, and, and we really appreciate them, and hope they know that.
0: It was an NFL stadium, uh, lots of security. Notre Dame brings a, a bit of a name and a cachet. It just kind of felt like the buildup. I mean, I've not been in, I've not been part of a of a New Year's Six game or a, a, a you know a playoff type game, but it kind of helped. It kind of had that vibe just in the buildup. It'd be nice to be in that kind of experience one day in the postseason with BYU to have that kind of sense of being in a big building for a New Year's Six or type situation. It kind of felt that way.
2: Yeah, and I think the the energy whenever our fans have an opportunity to be there and then just show up and, and to kind of show off a little bit. Uh, they, they they've never failed us, and so um, you know it'd be nice to get a, a, a regular game there. But I, I actually split the the, the tickets, and mm-hmm. then you know if we can find an, an opponent that wants to do that, that'd be a lot of fun to do it every every year. So I, I like that place, and I, I like the fans that show up and the energy, and the, I mean the, the the venue is awesome. It's it's one of a kind. So the, and the you just feel the energy there. So. It'd be nice to, to get that done. And, so you would take a
0: regularly scheduled, regular yeah. season game there if you could?
2: Yeah, because I know our fans, they'll make it a home game. Yeah. That's what they, I mean, they, 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 we weren't given a lot of tickets for this game. And, and, and so fans sacrificed quite a bit to travel there and to purchase tickets. They're really expensive. And, and so, I, I, you know, our players know that, our team know that. We really appreciate them.
0: All right, let's revisit Vegas with some game highlights. They're presented your way by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner, BYU and Notre Dame in the Shamrock series. And uh, defense got put back on the field immediately as on the first play of the game, it's an Irish INT, but the BYU defense held fast. Kalani, held the Irish to a field goal after this uh, first play giveaway.
2: Yeah, that's, that's tough. I mean, in, you know, the, the, to open the game like that, but the defense where the we got to stop. and. Um, You know, Hobbs, it's good to see Hobbs here returning the ball for us and uh, making plays and we had smart, smart football. You saw one of our players put his hands up and not get a block in the back and this one took uh, more downs than we would like to from that close, but uh, we'll take it.
0: BYU went up 6-3 after a missed PAT, but the Cougs have their lead on the Cody Epps touchdown. More from Cody later in the highlights. Second quarter belonged to Notre Dame as the Irish overcame that six-three deficit, and this was the star of the game for them. Michael Mayer, is uh, soon to be NFL tight end.
2: Yeah, this is a big-time player, and and he made some amazing catches, and uh, you, you, we were able to get a stop here. I mean, the offense, defense, defense did a great job at, at, at playing hard the entire time. All the entire team played tough, but uh, you know it was disheartening to get a turnover right after that and have to be back on the field, but uh we have to keep getting each other's backs and keep playing that was a that was a big play by them and great coverage just they made the play 18-6 the
0: halftime score and they would make it a 19 point lead at 25 6 another Michael Mayer touchdown then the comeback began for BYU and it begins on this play as Cody Epps goes into the end zone for a second time on the day
2: yeah, Cody has a great vision he can figure out how to get you know extend the play into a touchdown and um, this was a big play for Huge us. Huge run, third, yeah. Third and long. Third
0: and seventeen, and a run of almost twenty. Yeah. Takes us into the fourth quarter, and Christopher Brooks makes it a one-score game for BYU, and then the comeback was on at that point, and the game had turned, and it was still a quarter left to play.
2: Yeah, and we could feel some of the the momentum shifting and the the energy and the excitement. And then you know right we're after in this position, comes this. yeah, yep. we, we finally got a hand on a ball and. And uh, Max was actually upset that that was tipped because he, he felt like he could have had a pick six on that play.
0: The tip from Peyton Wilgar, and then a hole on the sideline that wasn't called, and then a third down uh, not converted. A fourth down and one, this was the play BYU ran that ended up in a loss or a stuff, and then Notre Dame could uh, run out the clock, and that's how it turned out to be a 28-20 final score, as the Irish win their third straight, and BYU falls for a second time on the year. Taking a look at some of the final stats from the evening in Las Vegas, as nationally ranked BYU falls to Notre Dame, and uh, the possession number is the one that jumps out to Kalani. 41 minutes to 19, a plus 22 minute edge. And it's just too hard to win a game when you've got the ball for less than a third of the game on offense.
2: Yeah, and, and the, the, the fact that, you know, they got a lot of yards and, and only get holding the 28 points with that much time possession. That's uh, that, that's an achievement, but we still look at it. There's, there's, a, there's some things we could have done differently uh, as a team altogether to, to, to get that win, but the, the fight, the... The, the resiliency on our team, you, know, you saw it, and, and so we just, just need to keep building off of that. And, and obviously, we, we lost two games now this year to teams that were preseason top 10 you know, and, and tons of talent. But uh, I felt like we, we missed some opportunities, and, and hopefully we can learn from it and, and uh, you know, have, a, have a better approach into making sure that we play better this next week.
0: The second loss, the Notre Dame loss, felt a lot different, though, than the Oregon game. Uh, the, the, you, you weren't in the Oregon game till the end like you were here. It felt like it was a, di- a different tone almost altogether. Once yeah, you got and
2: in the, the Oregon game, I think it just, things turned on us real quick, and we got in, in a huge deficit. Uh, this, uh, but the, there was no quitting the guys. The guys still bought in, and we were trying to go for two at one point to make it a two-score game. Uh, so the guys will play hard, and, and they, they, they play with great effort. Uh, we just can't put ourselves in, in, in a hole like that and think that we can... Climb out of it all the time. I mean, especially against really uh, talented teams, you know. So, uh, in order for us to play the type of football that we want to play, we, we need to be a, lot, a little bit cleaner. Uh, I was proud of the team and, and the fact that the turnover. I mean, the, the penalties. penalties weren't yeah. wasn't an issue. And um, but you know, considering all the, the the adversity that we faced in the game from right from the beginning, of opening play, uh, I was proud of the way the guys just kept believing, kept buying into, and kept. Fighting, and so that's that's something that we can build on. But there's also some, a lot of things that we can help help the team play better football, complementary football, and possess the ball, get some turnovers. Uh, you know, make make it, make sure that the team is one-sided, and take away their strengths. There's a lot of that stuff we can do.
0: Let's highlight a few players we saw in the highlights. We want to talk a little bit more about uh, starting with Cody Epps. And, and Cody, we seem to talk about every week because he's getting better every week. He's a true wide receiver one, the way he's playing right now. He records his first 100-yard receiving game as a Cougar. Uh, two more touchdowns, he's got five on the year. He started you off for the first score of the day, and he got that comeback going with the nice seam. Uh, he just puts together highlights week in, week out for you.
2: Yeah, and, and Cody does all the little things right. I mean, he, it's, it's the, the little details that matter to him. Uh, and, and so when, when he takes the field, he can play with a lot of confidence. Uh, but you're talking about a young man that led the country in in receiving yards, and he was a top target for for Bryce Young. So high,
0: in high school? In high
2: school, yeah. So um, this is the stuff that's happening. He he was, uh, I kept saying when he was a true freshman, he was he was battling Dax Milne for playing time uh, in, in in camp, and so we've just been missing him because of injury. But I feel like you talked to him. He's he mentioned it when on the show a couple weeks ago that that was kind of like his mission. He took it as an opportunity for him to learn and to grow and understand the game more and, and this guy has great football iq but now he's understanding the game even in a in a higher level and um he's he's got tons of years left to play so uh, i'm looking forward to him making big plays and he's taking advantage of what teams are doing when when gunner and and puka and others are in the game
0: yeah i'll be i'll be looking forward to cody epps's name popping up on an, uh all big 12 conference uh, all conference list preseason or postseason at some point in the future Uh, Christopher Brooks and Cody Epps both now have five touchdowns apiece Uh, Chris ran hard uh, and that was a big physical Irish defense and Chris found himself right at home I thought he had a really nice game
2: yeah and and, I mean they've shown some really good things defensively especially watch their their defense play against Ohio State uh, early in, in the year and they've done some good things I think um, offensively there's there's a few things missing and and um, we're obviously trying to work on getting our team better and, and um, playing a little bit more efficiency if efficient as a, as a team but um, like I said the effort the energy is there we just got to keep put it together and play a lot a lot better as far as uh, making sure teams respect the run and the pass and I, I think when we're balance, but, but balance doesn't mean that you have to run the same amount of times that you throw. It just means that you just have to make big plays, and and uh, they can't stop everything. We've we've, we've seen our offense click uh, with Jaron at quarterback and with various running backs, so uh, looking forward to seeing those guys improve and get better this week.
0: And missing Miles Davis last week, and uh, Hinkley-Ropati got his first carry, I think, of the season in the Vegas game, or in the uh, Notre Dame game in Vegas.
2: Yeah, and there, there's a lot of running backs in, in that group that can play, and, and so we're We may have to go into the the, the depth a little bit, but uh, I think there's a lot of guys that we can count on, and and Chris has done a great job. Peeney, those guys are guys that we can count on and, and hopefully try to get Miles back. Let's go to the defense to talk
0: about Max Thule, one of uh, 25 FBS players right now with three or more picks on the season, but only three of those 25 are linebackers. Uh, and Max got his third pick of the season. It did, did give BYU the ball with a chance to take a lead. You did have the football with a chance to go in front after that uh, Thule INT. And we credit uh, Peyton Wilgar for getting the deflection, the line of scrimmage to uh, tip the ball that Max came up with, right?
2: Yeah, and then, like I said, Max was mad that Peyton tipped it because he thought he could, they're trying to go to the tight end. He thought he can undercut that play. And pick it on the run but uh, he's in the right spot and he I think I, th- I mean I just like the way he's playing right now and uh, he's got great instincts and um, just tons of speed and ex- he's ex- an explosive player um, but just just th- I mean this all, all of it works together we you have to give a lot of credit to Notre Dame's quarterback he hung in the pocket and we brought a lot of pressure and we hit him and he was able to make the throws and make the plays and that's um, you know, we, we had tight coverage on the tight end and, and he they, the tight end was able to make some amazing catches and uh, that's, that's they made the plays and, and we weren't able to.
0: That's how it went down, 4-2, and two, BYU now through six games. So this week, BYU begins the second half of its 2022 schedule, Arkansas in Provo for the first game of a home-and-home home that will conclude next season in Fayetteville. And the way they do things in the SEC is um, when they do play a non-conference game, it's usually at this time or later maybe even November, but they rarely play a team like BYU and they rarely go on the road to play a team like BYU. This is the Razorbacks' first non-conference away game, true away game, since 2018 when they went to Colorado State and lost in Fort Collins. SEC teams don't do it like this usually.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, we're, we're thankful that they're able to come out here at Provo and, uh, you know, I keep bragging about our fans, but I think they're going to bring a lot of energy this, this weekend too, so, uh, you know, I, I know that... Uh, they're 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 professionals. They're they're ready to play the game and and they're caught in uh, overcoming some injuries, too you, especially with their quarterback uh, KJ, you know, so uh, I think uh, I think he's ready to go and from what I see he's ready to play So we're, we're gonna get their best shot. They're, they're looking for get back to their identity uh, Be a, a ranked type of team. We're in, we're in a similar position where we want to get back to what we're used to doing And that's playing high-level football. And So it should be a great matchup for us
0: We'll talk more about the Razorbacks in our next segment and uh, by the way, Arkansas will be your last non-conference game next year before you start Big 12 play, because you'll play just the three non-league games next year. You'll have Sam Houston State. I think you've got Southern Utah, Arkansas away, Mm -hmm. and then you'll start your first-ever season in the Big 12, which you will not talk about. I get that. (laughs) All right, break time. And this reminder that for your day-to-day Cougar sports play-by-play, watch BYU Sports Nation with Jerem Jordan and Spencer Linton weekdays at noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. When we come back, Kick returner Hobbs Nyberg taking us inside the film room and later a deep blue profile on former BYU kicker Andrew Mickelson, stay
1: with us. BYU Football with Kalani Sitake is presented by Intermountain Healthcare, official medical provider for BYU athletics. Smith's, fresh for everyone. Brady Industries, honestly better. And by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. And we are back for more
0: BYU football with Kalani Sitake from Inside Studio C here at BYU TV. Well, Saturday night in Las Vegas, the Cougars shook off a sluggish start with a special play on special teams. It was BYU's longest punt return in three years from Hobbs Nyberg, a play that set BYU up for its first touchdown and only lead of the night. Here now, Hobbs sits down with our own Jerem Jordan inside the film room to review The Return.
3: All right, Hobbs, is that your given first name or anything?
4: Um, well, my real name's Dustin Hobbs Nyberg, but I've always gone
3: by Hobbs ever since I was a baby, so. So Hobbs is the middle name? Yep. It's not like Calvin and Hobbs, it's like a family name or something? No,
4: it's from the natural, the baseball movie, yeah. Roy Hobbs. Roy Hobbs, That's Hobbs, where my man.
3: parents got it from. And just smashing lights when you hit homers. <laughs> That's all. <awesome. laughs> Back in the day, I tried. Let's talk about your 42-yard punt return against Notre Dame. What'd you see on this play?
4: Yeah, so all week just watching film, uh, we watched it, they had a really good punter, and just, he kicks it really far, so we thought we'd have some good opportunity.
3: Did he outkick the coverage on this?
4: Yeah, so I actually, Fessi told me to line up a little bit deeper, but I, like, I kind of forgot when I went out there just because it was a <laughs> big moment, and I lined up a little early, and so I was lined up at, like, the 50, I think, and, I, and he kicks it really deep, so I had to backpedal. Then I saw a nice opening as I caught it and bobbled it a little bit, my guys are blocking right there so i just saw that seam and cut it up filled and in my peripheral i could see the opening right there on the right so i was just trying to stretch it outside and keanu comes in clutch right here because i was like i don't know if i'm going to be able to get around this guy and keanu i was like don't block him in the back and (laughs) gave me a nice high screen and i was able to try to get the offense ready with some motivation to score.
1: Back at the 33 of BYU, Nyberg makes the catch, gets past the first Irish tackler, 45, he's got midfield, he's got 45, he's got 40 and 35, 30 and nearly the 25 yard line. It's a
3: big play in this game and you literally have one job, Hobbs. So when you do that job well, what's that like?
4: Um, it's feel, It feels really nice. I mean, I just, like I said, most of the time I have to fair catch it so we don't always have opportunity to return. So When I see a nice outkick coverage, I try to catch it and see what I can do with it.
3: Okay, this equaled your career high of a 42-yarder last year against South Florida. You almost had a new career high. Walk me back uh, through this one last year.
4: All right. So this one, I didn't even remember this one until you (laughs) mentioned it again. But this one I don't think was as open. There was more people in my face when I caught this one. But... I caught it and saw that they were in my face and yeah, it started coming right and then just had to make a move and then, like I said, my dudes really give me some good blocks. I mean, sometimes at the beginning it's hard to get the gunners, but they're always working really hard and I see just a good opening and do my best to use my peripherals and get upfield and get what I can do.
3: Okay, your dad Brent was a good receiver at BYU. Do you know his career long as a Cougar?
4: Um, I don't, but I know he's had a few good touchdown catches. So
3: 62 yards at Wyoming in 1990. In fact, let's break it really? down. Let's show Brent Nyberg 1990 he's at Wyoming. Okay, first off, number 29, standing there on the sideline. How does your dad look in the old, uh, well, all the stickers on the he's helmet? He's
4: looking nice. He's got a lot of the, I don't know if they had to earn those cougar they patches did. on their helmet. Or they looks stole them like,
3: and just put them on. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, know. yeah, I'm yeah, not knows. sure.
4: But he's got the nice eye black on. He looks swagged <laughs> out, I feel like, for back in the day.
3: Okay, in a packed house in Laramie, this is bigger than the rodeo that year, apparently. Dang. And Ty Detmer Oops. connects with your dad for 62 yards. Tell me what you see on this play. You've never seen this play, by the way.
4: Nope. <laughs> I see Ty rolling out and looks like a deep post, right right in stride. Some good yakking hey, down to the yeah. floor. Yeah, he carries him for a good five or ten yards.
3: What yeah. has your dad told you about how he was as a receiver?
4: He's always tried to teach me to be fast. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got a lot more, he's like 6'3", so he's got a little bit more length than me for sure, but just always watch it all the way in.
3: What's it like to have a dad that played at BYU, your brother Chunner played baseball here, you played baseball here as well. What's that like as a family to have that?
4: Chunner played baseball, so I've been able to kind of have his experience just playing baseball. And then now that I play football, I've kind of been able to connect with my dad like what playing football is like. So it's really cool just, especially like here, there's a lot of generation players and people's dads played here. mom so it's really fun just to all of us say like is it any different than back when I played so it just brings us really close to one another and BYU is a special place
3: for me and my family. You need a 63 yarder to beat them right?
4: Yeah I mean (laughs) I still got four more games at least five more games this year. Oh yeah so there's plenty of
3: time so it's plenty of time. Hopefully
4: I can break that soon.
3: Including Saturday big game with Arkansas it's not often SEC comes here it's homecoming it's gonna be a fun Saturday.
4: Yeah, I mean, Arkansas is always a top team, so we haven't watched. We've got to catch on film up for them this week, but we're super excited and know they're a tough team, but we're going to be ready to go this week and hopefully we can have some good returns and the team can play well.
3: Okay, Hobbs, thanks for
0: the time, man. Nice to meet you. you. I appreciate it. All right, Hobbs hoping for many happy returns. Uh, you had uh, Jaron Hall, who was a two-sport guy at BYU, played baseball and football until he focused on football. Hobbs also was playing both sports for a time, and he left baseball to play for you uh, in football and is making a big big impact continuing with the program.
2: Yeah, we love him, and, and players love him, I and mean, he's a great teammate, and you see him, and it's just how he's giving a lot of credit to the blocks up front when he's actually making a few people miss, and that's that's tough to do. Punt return's hard, especially for him that to, to have the, the the type of skills, the ball skills to see it through and, and uh he's he's a he's sure handed for us and he's got a lot of speed and so you know we've got a crowded receiver room but I know Fessy loves his ability and his opportunities to make plays and that's coming in in in, in, ter- in for him in in the return game. And he's
0: also back on all the kickoff returns. We don't see as many kickoff returns as we used to back mm-hmm. in the day, but he is back there as your deep return man there. Yeah, at and, and he
2: can run the ball too. He can play defense too. He's got a lot of ability so he's He's very very versatile in, in 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 his abilities. All right, next up for the Cougs, it's an
0: SEC showdown, the seventh of the independence era. BYU three and three against SEC teams since going independent. Two and two in the Kalani era, losses to LSU and Mississippi State there, wins over Mississippi State here and Tennessee there. Uh, the Razorbacks like to run, don't they?
2: Yeah, and and they have a big quarterback that that, that uh you know he's. Um, He's a lot like Cam Newton. He can run and he can throw. He's he's got some. Uh, he's got a big rocket arm, and you can see him for a guy that's. I mean, he's 240 pounds, and he can move, you know, and, and so he can punish you, and then he doesn't mind putting his head down and running people over. But he's got tons of speed and athleticism. So, and you you combine that with the type of offensive line that they have. Sam Pittman, he's an O-line guy, so he's going to have guys set up to to, to block well, and, and they have talent all over the place. I mean, they're. They're ranked for a reason. They, they, they have tons of talent. They've had some some injuries. Uh, a lot of their guys are back healthy now, and so uh, we, we've got to be ready for this game.
0: Only the three service academies, Army, Navy, Air Force, run it more frequently than Arkansas. Arkansas is the fourth most rush attempts per game after the three service academies. They've run for 200 yards or more in five of their six games. They've had a 100-yard rusher in all six games. That's who they are right now. With dynamic yeah, play at quarterback.
2: Yeah, and then you look at the pass yards. I mean, they're running the ball quite a bit. So they're gaining big chunks in the pass game. And, and um, I mean, they played Alabama and ran the ball on Alabama really well. So uh, we've got our work cut out for us. But I think our guys are ready. And, uh, you know, they're they're hungry for this game. So uh, it, it, there's no hiding in it. So defense has got to be ready. And, and I know our guys are, are excited about the matchup.
0: Now, K.J. Jefferson, who we saw and talked about, didn't play... On the weekend, he sat out the Mississippi State game. The expectation is that he's back this weekend for the BYU game.
2: Yeah, he, I mean we have to be ready for him. He, he, he's the he's the key, and 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 it's, um, you know they have depth there too. I mean they have athletic quarterbacks that can run and throw the ball, but uh, he's their starter for a reason, and, and he's. He, you know, we're, we're anticipating seeing him on the field.
0: All right, BYU and Arkansas, and coverage of that game is all over BYU TV and BYU Radio this Saturday, starting at 30 p.m. Eastern Time, 11.30 a.m. Mountain Time, with the two-hour BYU Sports Nation game day on television and the two-hour Cougar pregame live on BYU Radio. You can watch the game on ESPN, hear it on BYU Radio with... Riley Nelson, Mitchell Juergens, and me. And then after the game, tune to both BYU TV and BYU Radio for comprehensive post-game coverage. Then next Monday, relive the game with the coordinators. I'll have Eli Satuayaki and Aaron Roderick for defense and offense next Monday. It's Coordinator's Corner. Monday's at noon, Mountain Time, 2 o'clock Eastern, on both the BYU TV and BYU Radio app from down the hall over at Studio B. And then before this show, every Tuesday night, you can watch more review action with after further review, David and Dave and Blaine breaking down BYU football from the previous week coming up defensive lineman Caden Hawes will join us in studio and a deep blue on former Cougar kicker Andrew Nicholson stay with us. Welcome back to BYU football with Kalani Sitake presented by Intermountain Healthcare. Well what if your job was to hit people in the face? Mm. That's the case for former Cougar kicker Andrew Mickelson, who's gone from swinging the leg to sweeping the leg. As we learn in tonight's edition of Deep Blue, presented by Brady Industries, honestly better. So a
5: common misconception about kickers is that they're the skinny unathletic kid that can't contribute at a different position. In reality, kickers are people too. We can go out there and make some plays and, and have an impact on the game too. I grew up on a farm with
6: nine siblings. Growing up in that environment, doing a lot of work with each other, bucking hay and chopping wood and cleaning horse stalls, we liked to fight. It started with the older sibling rivalry. Fighting was for recreation and also a way of, that we would handle disputes. And then just kind of transition from there into sports. Of all the brothers, we definitely had kind of more of that taste for aggression and the, the thrill of combat. I wasn't as focused on fighting
5: growing up. I was more focused on team sports and trying to take that to the next level.
6: Any sport that he could do, he was doing. And he became really athletic. He would pick up on sports really quickly. He would learn skills quickly. He was always working out. He was really strong for his size and for his age.
1: Can anybody get open for him? He'll roll right, Let's it go. Got...
5: The crowd goes wild and my family goes wild. People couldn't believe what they had just seen and seeing how happy that made my whole family, seeing how excited they were that BYU just won in this exciting way was the moment where I knew I wanted to be a part of that someday.
1: Put in your books, the Mountain West Conference Offensive Player of the Year.
5: So freshman year, football's going well. I'm playing safety and playing running back. I'm getting a lot of playing time, and I'm looking at the rest of my high school career, excited to go and make a name for myself, and and then it all kind of comes
6: to a halt. When Andrew got hit by the truck and suffered a lot of damage to his head, that really limited his options for sports. One day I'm out running with my brother.
5: Evening time, so it's low light, it's rainy, so visibility isn't ideal. I don't even look. I just meander across the street
6: behind him, but not as quickly, and got hit by a truck. Andrew had always said from a young age that it was one of his goals to play on the BYU football team. And we all kind of wondered, well, how's that gonna happen? The brain surgeon said, that you shouldn't play football. You shouldn't get any concussions and you should avoid any sport that causes a lot of impact to your head. The injuries I sustained from that was femur
5: fracture and a cerebral hemorrhage, bad, bad brain impact.
6: And we kind of wondered what he was gonna to do to accomplish that goal and so he went to kicking and he had no experience kicking and he would just drive to local high schools and he would just practice kicking the football for hours. I really struggled, was not good
5: for the first while, actually, couldn't even get it high enough to make it over the crossbar, and the heckling was brutal. But kicking was my only option at that point, and football was far and away my my favorite sport. It was my passion at the time. And so, despite the discouragement, I just kept at it. I went out there every day. The coaches at BYU said, hey, we like what we see. We'd love to bring you on. And so I went through the application process, sent them my transcripts. I had good grades. I thought that there there shouldn't be any reason why I don't get accepted. And then I got the uh, rejection letter. And so I couldn't stand being that close and letting a rejection letter derail my my dreams and goals. So. The head of admissions made a deal with me. He he listened to what I had to say and he said, look, you come in and take a full course load in spring and summer semesters and you get a 4.0. We will reconsider you for admission. But that's all I got for you. That's the best I can do. And I just said, done. BYU was everything that I had dreamed it would be and more. My first ever kick for BYU was against University of Texas my freshman year and I actually ran down and made the tackle. And then my last ever kick for BYU in our bowl game my senior year, I ran down there and made the tackle. So it was kind of funny bookends to a fun and long and successful career at BYU. And it just kind of is a funny segue into what I do now, which is hit people in the face.
6: (laughs) I knew from fighting him in the street that he would be really good and invited him to come to our gym and his first class here, which was a Jiu Jitsu, he did really, really well.
7: Literally after about two weeks, I was like, okay, this guy's got what it takes.
5: Fast forward to now, I'm five fights into my fighting career. I'm four and one, I lost one via decision, and it's, it's been everything I had hoped it would be and more.
7: In the five fights that I have seen, he has continuously progressed, and not by a little bit, right? by a lot, so having success early on in the fight, like for instance, a 38 second knockout, right? A lot of people would say, oh man, and pat on the back and just go off and and maybe enjoy the success from that. I think Andrew went, okay, hey, that was great. What's next? What should I do next to improve upon that?
5: I originally took my first fight more as just checking an item off the bucket list. I wanted to take a sanctioned, legitimate MMA fight. But now having the success that I've had this early on, it's kind of grown more and my goals have kind of expanded more into taking this professionally.
6: He has the potential to go really far with fighting. He's able to hang with professional fighters and he has the work ethic and the drive to definitely compete at a high professional level.
7: You can't let a small injury, being tired, being sore, not having enough sleep. Like that doesn't matter, everybody goes through that, but you have to be able to show up, be coachable and continue to make it through that. And that's something that Andrew has, and it's incredible. He has the family, he has the job, and there's, there's a lot of balance and that's gonna be the biggest challenge. But as long as you don't get it in your head I'm professional now, I have to take it serious. You
5: should have been taking it serious from the very start, which he did. Why set a goal if there's not gonna be some challenges along the way? That's what drive means to me. I wanna make sure that I'm setting lofty goals, things that I'm passionate about, things that I care about, but I also don't wanna let the roadblocks get in my way from actually climbing that mountain and achieving those goals.
0: Yeah, so they everyone assumes that Andrew when he's in the ring or the octagon just uses his legs cuz he was a kicker, but no, that's not how he rolls. He he's pretty well rounded, I understand.
2: Oh yeah, he has he's he's got amazing hands and and he's I mean, he the kid's tough, you know, so nothing's going to stop him. I mean, you can see the drive that he has, the passion. If he wants something, nothing's going to stop him. Jan Jorgensen is
0: on your staff. We've seen him in the octagon. You see Andrew Mickelson there, Coach Tuiaki back in the day. Yeah. Had a few bouts. <laughs> have you ever gotten into the octagon yourself?
2: No, I'm not, I'm not going to. I mean, that's not my style. It's too much wrestling, and, and I don't like getting tired too quickly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. Uh, Saturday's game at Lavelle Edwards Stadium against Arkansas will have special significance for tonight's special guest because for defensive lineman Caden Haas, the Arkansas Razorbacks are his home state team. They actually did recruit him once upon a time before he committed to BYU. Please welcome into Studio C number 95 from Little Rock, Arkansas, Caden yeah. Haas. Hi, hey, Caden. How's it going? Good to have you. Have a seat, What's up? All right, welcome in. Thanks, good to be here. All right, let's talk a family uh, background for a minute. Uh, your father, Kurt, played some football back in the day. He did. Illuminate us. He did. Uh, funny enough, he actually played
8: at the uh, University of Utah, so the, you know, the team up north that we don't talk about very much, but um, he's actually up here, and uh, it's funny. We, we joke about it a lot. Um, it's, it's a good time. So he wears blue while I'm here, but we'll see if he does
0: after. I don't know. No, He is, he, he is wearing blue right he here, is right, right now. now. That's good to see <laughs> Thank you. Welcome, Kurt. I was like... Well, oh, who's this rather large, handsome man on the end of uh, row one there? And it's uh, it's your dad. Good to know. Yeah, yes, sir. Yeah, mystery man. All right, uh, you had a brother or have a brother playing ball somewhere too, right? I do. He's um, at Washington and Lee University
8: in Virginia. It's just um, I think he's about ten miles away from Southern Virginia. So, um, but yeah, he he played for a few years, and um, he really cerebral guy, really smart, and you know it's a pretty high end high end school. Really, you know, could compare it to Ivy League and. Um, yeah, he loves it out there. So. Does,
0: does he have a game when you guys go out to Liberty and play on the 22nd? He does, yeah. So he, I think he'll be able to catch the second half of our game. So, so he plays early, he'll come over and get the second half of yours? Yep. Right on. That's, That's the plan. Very cool. All right. Uh, you were once upon a time recruited to, uh, to play offensive line. here at yeah, BYU. You started off as an O-lineman and you're now a D-lineman. Can you uh, fill us in on the transition and how that came about?
8: Yeah, it's actually kind of funny. Um, I... I was just in the weight room one day and Coach Triaki saw me and was like, Hey, you ever thought about playing D-line? I was like, no, I'm, I'm a center. Like I, I kind of wrote it off, but, um, new to FCR head strength coach overheard. And he obviously played D-line, um, at Cal and then he, you know, played for the Seahawks and he was just in my ear for the next two weeks. Just like, Hey, when are you going to switch? When are you going to switch? <laughs> um, and so finally I called my dad, we talked for about an hour and, the result of that conversation was like, well, let's just ask Kalani see what he says. And I went in and talked to him, and he's like, well, shoot, I I wanted you to switch a year ago. Go ahead and go to de- <laughs> go ahead and go to defensive meetings today. And I was like, oh, okay, sounds good. So, went and, uh, went to the D line meetings, and he talked to Grimes and Mateos for me, and that was that.
0: What did you think would make a, a good defensive lineman out of Caden?
2: Well, first of all, he mentioned the weight room. Um, he, he's the strongest guy on our team. I mean, we, got, we have a really strong team. You can look at him, he's, he's got the strength and the athleticism to, to own the line of scrimmage, and um, we just wanted to see him on the field. We, we felt like he was a good enough player and could really bring something. for we, There's a, a need at D-line for his toughness and then his strength, and uh, so when we try to talk him into it, uh, he, you know he's a really good center so that's like he, he's he's been really good he's done that his whole life and he's one of the best at it but and so Grimes and Mattel's didn't want to lose him but you know I, I wanted it to be his decision and I wanted I mean, you know it's like you just get you just plant that little seed and then and eventually he'll he'll see the light and come to the defensive mm. line you know but um he it, it's just the mo- most important thing is that he's got the ability to do it and he's too good of a player not to be on the field and that's so we're thankful that he's there, I and mean, he's he's, uh, he, he's made that. It's, it's almost I forget that he played O-line, you know, in the mm-hmm. past, but uh, he he fits us perfectly.
0: It, the name the name Haas obviously, obviously BYU people think uh, about the basketball Haases, and there is a connection there too, right? There is, yeah. I think um,
8: their dad Marty is and my dad are cousins, I think. So that makes us I don't know second or third cousin. I'm not sure how that works out, but. But anyways, yeah, we were I don't really know if he had a jump
2: shot or not. <laughs>
8: <laughs> Did, were you ever a basketball guy too, or not? No,
0: I, I played baseball growing up. I not I didn't play basketball. Okay, uh, when you committed to BYU, Bronco was the head coach, right? At very, way back, like when you very, very first were committing or thinking about committing.
8: Yeah, so he I was recruited by Bronco and his staff first. Um, coach 2J was who you know totally changed my mind on BYU, made me love it here, um, and then they left and. I actually hadn't committed yet. I actually, um, for a minute, lost my scholarship just because I think that they had overcommitted a little bit. Mm. Um, but when I came on my visit, um, Kalani and, and everybody reoffered me, and I committed right there. And
0: and that was that. So, two quick things to hit. Um, you retweeted a tweet from the brother of a former scout team player here at BYU, who is quoted as saying, "If every football player knew what it was like to play under Kalani Sitake, they would immediately commit. No question."
8: Yeah. That resonated with you, apparently. <laughs> Absolutely. I, yeah. I mean, we, we love Kalani. It's, you know, culture of love and learning is, is what, you know, is preached every day. And, and when we can feel that, you know, he wants, wants us to play at our best, to, to be our best. Um, and, yeah, it's an expectation, but it's, it's done through love, you know, and not out of fear. And um, everybody's pretty motivated to be the best they
0: can be because of it. Okay. Got to squeeze a couple quick things in. You're from Arkansas. Yep. Little Rock. The Razorbacks game has to be like, I mean, come on, this
8: is big. <laughs> it's, yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited. So have
0: a couple buddies on the team and yeah, it'll be cool to see him. You played high school in Little Rock for Pulaski Academy. Yes, sir. Pulaski Academy is kind of famous in the world of football. Why?
8: Uh, we onside kick every time and we never punt the ball. So <laughs> <laughs> it's and it's a numbers thing. It's if, if you have time, look it up. It's, it's super interesting. Um, but yeah it's we've been on ESPN HBO and, and also all sorts of stuff for it so
0: it, it was fun all right I, I love that and so when you're on a when you're a lineman you're playing four downs every time like you, there's never oh, much yeah. of a switch there yeah. never a question that's awesome all right yeah. stick with us we're going to do some Q&A with uh, Kalani and Caden coming up we'll get to that next it'll be Q&A with the coach and Caden
1: Haas and BYU football Kalani Sitake continue. BYU Football with Kalani Sitake is presented by Intermountain Healthcare, official medical provider for BYU Athletics, Breeze, the official hometown airline of BYU Athletics, and by Smarty, location data experts. We have
0: arrived at the social media Q&A portion of the program for Kalani and Caden Haas. First question coming in for the coach. Coach, birthday was yesterday. What was your go-to birthday meal yesterday?
2: Um, I like this meal called Yakamishi. Um, but I, I mean, there's food that I don't, I don't turn down any kind of food, so <laughs> if anyone it makes me anything, I'll, I'll eat it. I, I honestly don't think there's anything I won't eat.
0: What's Yakamishi?
2: It's like um, rice and chicken and I don't know, a bunch of stuff in there. I'm sure there's some healthy stuff in there, too. <laughs> yeah.
0: Second question. Yeah. Uh, how has practice been different this week than last week, if it has been?
2: Yeah, I mean, we, we changed the schedule a little bit because we know it's a day game. And so we um, wake our guys up a little earlier. We, we have the sports scientists, and, and they, they've done the research for us and didn't like the way we performed the last uh, day game. So... Uh, we, we've we done things a little bit different with our schedule and our guys are getting used to it. And we're we're looking at our guys peaking in the right performance when we, we hit kickoff at 1.30.
0: Our producer, Hema Hemuli, uh has his own. And he's the producer. He can, put a, he can put one of his own questions in if he wants. Um, <laughs> Hema says, for both of you guys, BYU Dining Services just announced a chocolate cougar tail for this Saturday. Oh. Hema, That's a game Hema, changer. Says, Big Hema says, he's excited. Big time. Are you guys, what do you think? Chocolate cougar
2: tail. Yeah. When When is that? coming out <laughs> this saturday this saturday during the game probably oh, you'll, that, you'll, you'll need to be seen inconvenient on the sideline. for me but yeah, <laughs> yeah. you guys Maybe are lucky after.
0: yeah uh, that's gonna be awesome it will be. I, i'm looking forward to it myself uh caden you want to tell us who you had here as guests i mentioned them earlier but who do we have here on the front row
8: yeah this is my wife anna and then my uh father kurt so happy i have both of them
0: here thanks for being out here guys appreciate it thanks so much As we go to break, here's this week's trivia question presented by Breeze, the official hometown airline of BYU Athletics, in partnership with the San Bernardino International Airport. How many all-time wins does BYU have against current members of the SEC? The answer is coming up next. More BYU football with Kalani Sitake right after this. We are back on BYU Football with Kalami Sitake. Tonight's trivia question presented by Breeze, the official hometown airline of BYU Athletics. In partnership with the San Bernardino International Airport, how many all-time wins does BYU have versus current members of the SEC? The answer here is seven. BYU is actually seven and seven all-time against the SEC. Mississippi State, two wins. Uh, Missouri, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, two wins. And Tennessee. Looking to go above 500 all-time this Saturday with Arkansas in town. Well, as we noted earlier in the program, yesterday was Kalani Sitake's birthday. And it wasn't just us here in Studio C wishing him happy birthday tonight. We have some special guests via the miracle of technology joining us to wish Kalani happy birthday.
7: Coach Kalani, happy birthday. Just want to say I miss you. I love you. Um, I'm thinking about you guys all the time. You know, always trying to watch all the games, see how you guys are doing. I just wanna say thank you uh, for everything you've done for me in my life. You know, helping me become the man that I'm trying to be, um, teaching me what's important in life, teaching me how to treat people with respect and and doing things the right way. Um, I'm excited to to watch you guys the rest of this year. Um, But for today, I hope you enjoy uh, your birthday. Uh, Miss you. Hey Kalani, happy birthday, man. Hope you have a great one. Just wanna give you a quick shout out. Just so
8: grateful for the time I was able to play for you. Uh, You taught me so many lessons on and off the field. Just really appreciate all you've done for me and for the Cougar family, man. It's fun to watch you guys ball out um, and just really continue with the culture of love and learning. I appreciate my time with you guys there, at the Cougs, and I love following you guys now. i will be a lifelong fan. I can't,
7: I can't wait to watch the rest of the season. Go Cougs, and good luck.
6: What up? It's your boy, Tyler here with this public service announcement.
5: Just wanted to wish our very own Coach Kalani a very special happy birthday. Be had a great one coach appreciate everything you do for our boys and cougar nation go cougs
0: all right zach wilson new york jets brady christensen carolina panthers tyler algier Atlanta falcons our nflers representing and good to see their faces again yeah
2: love those guys and, and just um i mean you guys making it hard for me to stay humble you know, but, <laughs> uh, just just with all this i mean i appreciate all the, the birthday wishes and everything but i I honestly feel like I'm the lucky one in this, and I'm surrounded by wonderful people uh, that I get to work with and in and, and, and school, and then get to be around the best fan base, love them so much, and then I get to work with the best young men, and they come from wonderful families, and so uh, I'm, I'm the lucky one, but I appreciate all, all the best wishes, and just hope everybody knows I love them. Thank you.
0: Yeah, well, Cougar Nation, fortunate to have you with us, uh, and uh, we end every one of your shows each week by revealing the weekend uniform. This has become a new tradition on the program. And uh, Travis Hodson has taken full advantage of this opportunity every week. And uh, I forgot what we we're wearing. Let's see it. Well, we're going to find out. Travis, yeah. come on in. Let's see what the Cougs have on uh, this weekend for Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's. OK, we're in uh, white. Oh, oh it's, a, it's a birthday uniform reveal tonight. All right. Thank you. We believe the candle's burned out, but it's yeah. a birthday cupcake. And we've got Travis with the royal white and white. And the royal helmet has the, uh, has the Y with the mountains on one half and the Cougar head on the other. New outfits uh, for this weekend against Arkansas. Hope you all like that. Caden, your thumbs up on this one? Yeah, the helmets are sweet. They're, it looks like they're all hand-painted. On one side it has like... The number
8: out of 106 or, or however much, so it's pretty cool. It's awesome. That's it, guys. Have a great week. See
0: ya. Thank cool. you.
1: Everyone. Home is where you get to do your thing. Peaceful backyard.